Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved. Hello, beloved family. Let me get this out of your way. There we go. Okay. Bless you. Happy to be with you. God bless you all. This is Thursday in between Ember Wednesday and Ember Friday. It is Thursday, and I want to jump right into this book, Victory Over Vice by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. It is so tremendous, and as we've said, the first two, we, we talked about anger and, um, and envy, and what uh, Bishop Sheen has done, uh, which he is uh, just a master at. He's taken our Lord's seven last words from the cross and attached a vice to each one of them. Again, the uh, introduction in the back says, Fulton Sheen claims that since all seven deadly sins led Christ's enemies to nail him to the cross, we can find in the example of his suffering and death sure means to overcome each of these sins, plus the key to understanding and to nurturing in our own soul each corresponding virtue. I marvel with just about every sentence from Archbishop Sheen. This is the third word now from the cross. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. What would you think the vice attached to these words are that Bishop Sheen um, chose? Um, I tell you, I would not have guessed this in a million years. I would not have guessed this at all. The vice he chose is lust. Now, um, he's not referring to lust on the part of uh, the disciple John or the Blessed Mother, but those who would have heard um, our Lord say that from the cross, behold thy mother, behold thy son, um, who would have been jealous, let's say. Lust, Archbishop Sheen says, is an inordinate inordinate, how that's easy for you to say, lust is an inordinate love of the pleasures of the flesh. The important word here is inordinate, for it was Almighty God himself who associated pleasure with the flesh. He attached pleasure to eating in order that we might not be remiss in nourishing and preserving our individual lives. He associated pleasure with the marital act, in order that husband and wife might not be remiss in their social obligations to propagate mankind and raise children for the kingdom of God. The pleasure becomes sinful at that point where, instead of using it as means, we begin to use it as an end. To eat for the sake of eating is a sin. Because eating is a means to an end, which is health. Last, in like manner, a selfishness or perverted love. Um, 
Lust in like manner is selfish or perverted love. It looks not so much to the good of the other as to the pleasure of self. It breaks the glass that holds the wine. It breaks the lute to snare the music. It subordinates the other to self for the sake of pleasure. Denying the quality of otherness, it seeks to make the other person care for us, but not to make us care for the other person. We are living today in what might properly be called an error of carnality. As the appeal to the spiritual relaxes, the demands of the flesh increase. Living less for God, human nature begins to live only for self. For no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will sustain the one and despise the other. Peculiar to this era of carnality is the tendency to equate the perpetuity of marriage with the fleshly pleasure, so that when the pleasure ends, the bond is presumed to be automatically dissolved. In America, for example, there is more than one divorce for every two marriages. An indication of how much we have ceased to be a Christian nature and how much we have forgotten the words of our Lord. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. The regrettable aspect of it all is that with this increased sin, there is a decreased sense of sin. Souls sin more, but think less about it. Like the sick who are so moribund that they have no desire to be better, sinners become so calloused that they have no yearning for redemption. Having lost their eyes, they no longer want to see. The only pleasure left to them in the end is to mock and sneer at those who do. It is never the pure who say that chastity is impossible, but only the impure. We judge others by ourselves and attribute to others the vices from which we ourselves refuse to abstain. Some reparation had to be made for the sin of lust that in the Old Testament times became so hideous to God that he would have withheld the destruction of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah could but ten just men have been found within their gates. Our Lord began making reparation for it at the first moment of the incarnation, for he chose to be born of a virgin. Why did he choose to transcend the laws of nature? The answer is very simple. Original sin has been propagated to every human being from Adam to this very hour, with the exception of Our Lady. The prolongation of this taint in human nature takes place through the carnal act, of which man is the active principle, for man was the head of the human race. Every time there is generation of one human being by another, through the union of man and woman, there is the propagation of original sin. 
the problem confronting the second person of the Blessed Trinity in becoming man was how to become man without at the same time becoming sinful man, that is, man infected by the sin to which all flesh is heir. How to become man without inheriting original sin? He had to be a true man in order to suffer for man. But he could not be a sinful man if he were to redeem man from sin. How could he both? How could he be both man and yet sinless? He could be man by being born of a woman. He could be sinless man without original sin by dispensing with man as the active principle of generation. In other words, by being born of a virgin. Thus it was that when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she was to conceive the Messiah, whose name would be called Jesus, she answered, How can this be done? Because I know not man. She had made the vow of virginity, and she intended to keep it. The angel answered that the conception of the Son of Man would take place without man through the power of the Holy Spirit, who would overshadow her. Being assured of her continued virginity, she accepted the motherhood of God incarnate. Be it done unto me according to thy word. So it was that the reparation for sins of the flesh began the first moment of the incarnation through the virgin birth. The same love he manifested for virginity in the beginning. He re-echoed in the first sermon of his public life. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Later on, when some scribes and Pharisees sought to malign his good name, he challenged them to find anything impure in his life. Which of you shall convince me of sin? The final atonement and reparation is made on Calvary, where in reparation for all the impure desires and thoughts of men, our Lord is crowned with thorns, where in reparation for all the sins of shame, he is stripped of his garments, where in reparation for all the lusts of the flesh, he is almost dispossessed of his flesh. For according to sacred scripture, the very bones of his body could be numbered. We are so used to looking upon artistic crucifixes of ivory and the beautiful images in our prayer books that we think of our blessed Lord as being whole on the cross. The fact is that he made such reparation for sins of the flesh that his body was torn, his blood poured forth, and Scripture refers to him on the cross as a leper, as one struck by God and afflicted, so that there is no beauty in him nor comeliness that we should be desirous of him. Beloved, there's the music for our first break. We will continue this after the break, and then after the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and you're welcome to call in anytime, toll-free, 
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. The iCatholic Radio mobile app is two apps in one. Your place to hear great Catholic programs and music. Here's what listeners are saying about the updated iCatholic Radio mobile app. Through the iCatholic Radio app, I have listened to the sermons and teachings several times. The effect has been a deeper understanding of my faith and Catholic tradition. This app has truly been a blessing in my life and has increased my faith. With the new app, you can choose to listen to our programs like Mother Miriam Live or The Catholic Current whenever you like. But you can also switch over to the best in contemporary music by Catholic artists. We even bring you hours of Gregorian chant every Sunday morning. If you do not currently have our app, download it to your iPhone through the Apple Store or to your Android phone by going to Google Play and searching iCatholic Radio. The updated iCatholic Radio mobile app, your one stop for great Catholic programs and music. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dearest people to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are reading from Archbishop Fulton Sheen's uh, Victory Over Vice, and we're on the vice of lust at the moment. I'm going to pause to take a call from Peter in New York. Are you there, dear Peter? Yes, I am, sister. Hello, dear. Um, what is your question? I have a a son. He's 42 years old, and he was, he's been homeless for many years. Oh, I'm one, so sorry. He was with one girl, and she finally got tired of his baloney and him not doing anything. She left him. Mm-hmm. So now he found another one, and she wants to be homeless because she doesn't want any responsibilities or nothing. He's going to be living. No, I didn't hear you. You broke up in your last sentence. Try the last sentence again. He found another girl. She doesn't. She wants to be homeless. You said because she doesn't want any responsibilities. What did you say after that? Right. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. Uh, it is. I don't know what to do, Mother. I was gonna, I was gonna call uh, like crisis services or something like that, and I think he, you know, he's got a mental issue. Yeah, there's no question. Does he is he handicapped physically in any way? 
he was a, a special ed student. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But he graduated high, you know, high school. Great. Okay. And, uh, and I and had him in the consulate for many, many years, and that still didn't help. It didn't help, huh? Um, is he uh, able to work? Does he have a clear enough mind and body to be able to work? I don't think so. It would be something really simple for because he's like almost uh, four, four, 400 or 450 pounds. His legs are wow. all swollen. Wow. So he's, he's physical. Oh. He's in tough shape. He sure is. He sure is. Um, how does he get along being homeless? That's a good question. It's not okay. easy. And, and he's finding ways to get fed. You know, he, yeah. he was at the city mission for many years. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think so they, he, they threw him out of there. Is that right? Um, do you yeah. have any idea, Peter, what he loves most in life? Do you have any idea of a dream of his heart? if he could ever reach it, and I'm sure he doesn't think he can. But what do you think would be maybe the greatest happiness of his heart? Is there any sign of that? He loves, he's got two dogs, and he loves dogs. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way that he can keep these dogs because I don't know if he's feeding them or taking care of them. You know, these animals... Mm-hmm. They need a, a good home as well. Yeah, they do. They do. But they he do. loves animals. He loves animals. Um, yeah. he, what I'm wondering is, and, uh, just a couple of thoughts here. Um, I'm wondering if, uh, to begin with, you can certainly, uh, in New York, I lost call. You. Can you hear me now? Can yeah, I lost me? you for a couple of minutes. Yes, All right. sister. We're back. Good. Uh, that's okay, dear. Um, have you gotten a hold of Catholic Charities? No, I haven't. No, um, I can. You can, because um, I'm looking them up in New York. I've got a toll-free number for you if, if you'd like. Um, okay. But they may have many, many resources apart from just uh, feeding the homeless. Um, the, the 888 number I have for them toll-free, their helpline is 888-744-7900. There's also um, a place called Refuge of Hope, and it says they are able to provide hot meals to hungry and hurting men, also women and children, in a family-style setting, um, uh, daily, weekly, uh, homeless men receive hot showers, meals, clothing, and access to counseling in a safe and clean dormitory-style shelter. Um, that's Refuge of Hope. Um, and um, I, I don't know, but what I'm thinking is sometimes... You know, I, I, I was a jail chaplain for 10 years in my Protestant years, and for the last four, I worked for um, uh, a sheltered uh, women who were sentenced, but they were okay. um, allowed to be in sort of an honor farm. And they experimented with pottery and other things, and they had a dog, dog grooming facility. 
And it changed those women's lives, absolutely changed their lives. Able to, they learned how to groom the dogs. They loved them. They got love back from the dogs. And I wonder if there's not such a place for your son. Uh, where he could take care of the animals that he loves, he could lo- be loved back by them, he could learn new skills and have um, some kind of motivation for um, getting on in life. Right, get his life together. Right, <laughs> a little bit. You know, there yeah. might be some vocational is- uh, situations like that. So I would give the, you know... Refuge for Hope a call, Catholic Charities a call, and say that he really loves animals. There might be shelters, um, maybe not pet stores, but shelters for animals that could take him on and just give him enough uh, money to get by in life, and he could be living in a shelter. It's a thought. But uh, to do something that he loves, to to pour his life out into other living things, in his case, animals, can be very, very therapeutic. Well, in his mind, sister, he thinks he's a contractor, and he has a contract. He's trying to have a, a contracting business. There's no no way in, in God that he's mm-hmm. going to be a contractor. Yeah. Well, and I had maybe him going, he can... Go ahead. He, he went to church with me for many years, and he still, you know... I don't know. He's lost. Uh huh. He's lost. He's lost. I understand. But there might be. Um, um, I see here Catholic Order. The uh, um, Catholic Order helps the homeless. I don't know how. Do you have a computer, Peter? Yes, but I'm because, not very good on it. Yes. Well, or, or maybe ask someone to help you because there are. Uh, special places that help the homeless, and maybe he could feed the homeless in a soup kitchen or groom dogs, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, well, that's uh, and, the, the, and and build cages the for them, help them. Go ahead. Yeah, well, he 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 was with Buffalo City Mission, and he was there, and he was there for a little while, and then they got rid of him because he, uh, he couldn't. You know, in other words, he couldn't take orders. He couldn't take orders. Was he was he just yeah. living there, or was he helping them with work? He was living and eating there, yes. And eating, well, but he wasn't doing anything, right? Well, yeah, I guess he was doing whatever, you know, they asked him to do. Anybody else did, you know. right. He needs a purpose. He needs something that's going to light his heart up. In a way, right. uh, let, let me tell you a story. I know we're taking time, but I think it's um, maybe it'll help others, Peter. Um, there's a story about a woman who wanted to commit suicide. This is a true story. And she told her, her, her pastor or priest that she had no reason to live and she was going to commit suicide. Um, and um, he said to her... I tell you what, before you do that, before you commit suicide, because she was just down and depressed and was, wasn't was interested in anything. She had a place to live, but, you know, wasn't really working and just totally depressed and no reason to live. So he said, I tell you what, before you commit suicide, 
I, I want you to do me a favor. She said, what's that? He said, you see that woman on the corner, um, right from us, right from the church on the corner? She's homeless. Would you do me a favor and bring her, pick flowers, and just bring her a bouquet of flowers to cheer up her day? And so the woman who wanted to commit suicide said, are you kidding? All right, I'll do it. So she brought the homeless woman a bouquet of flowers, and the homeless woman, uh, she just smiled and cried and hugged her and thanked her. So the, the woman that wanted to commit suicide went back to the priest, and she said, okay, I did that, all right? I'm ready to go home. Goodbye. I'm, I'm killing myself. And the priest said, well, when you get home, I want you to do me one more thing. She said, now what? He said, what's in the front of your door? She said, a doorstep. He said, what's under the doorstep? She said, it's a brick. He said, well, what's under the brick? She said, how do I know what's under the brick? He said, just tell me that before you kill yourself. Just do this for me. So she said, fine, this is just out of crazy. So she went home and she picked up the brick and she, it's just dirt. And she went back to him, and he, she said, there's dirt under there. He said, is that all? Wasn't there anything? She said, well, there was an ant under there. And he said, a crawling ant. She said, yeah. He said, what kind of ant? She said, how do I know what kind of ant? He said, I need to know. This is very important. What kind of ant? She said, I have no idea. She, he said, maybe you could go to the library and take a picture of it or, or bring a book and figure out what kind of ant. She, she she says, what's wrong with this priest? So she went to the library, and she found out what kind of ants it was. And she said, you know, and he said, well, how, how interesting. How many kinds of ants are there? And she said, what is your, I don't know how many kinds. He said, just do that for me. Just tell me how many kind of ants before you kill yourself. Well, this went on. The woman became the world's expert in ants. She published a book, traveled all around the world, speaking about ants. You see, people... Sounds like the Holy Father sent the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ into her. Never you see, this. I tell you, uh, God... I believe, I someone believe need, someone I mean, needs a purpose. They need... They can't just go on living and go on living. And you send them to a shelter, shelter and they're eating, and, they, and someone tells them, put their towels in the wash, don't tell me what to do. They, you know, they can't be controlled. They don't want to. Forget that they're grateful for having a shelter. They just, they just, they're fed up with it all. And I know people that were thrown out of shelters that I brought them to because they will not be told what to do. It, it's, a, it's a disorder. There's no question. But... If you can tune into them and just give them something that they could get out of themselves and focused on, it, it, it can be life-saving, let alone life-changing. So that's what I'm thinking. It, just get into the, the, the animal shelters of your city. Go to them and say, I have this son. He's 42. He's homeless. He's 450 pounds or 20 pounds, whatever he is. But he loves dogs, and it may be his last hope, but he also loves construction. Can you do something with him, and I'll get him into the shelter? Can you, can you give him sweeping? Let him sweep the dog's cages. Let him give them love twice a day. So I would go on that project, Peter, and see if God will help. Well, I appreciate it, Mother. 
What's that? I said I appreciate what you got. Okay. Let's see what God will do, sweetheart. Okay, God bless you, dear Peter. And we'll be right back, everyone, right after the break. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. From 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. Or watch the Mother Miriam Live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam Live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and we will continue with Bishop Fulton Sheen on the issue of lust tomorrow. But right now we have a half hour all to ourselves, and I welcome you to call in. Our lines are wide open with anything at all on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross. Dot com. We have an email from someone who wrote in anonymously and says, what does the church say about drugs such as marijuana? For example, as the drug becomes more widely accessible, similarly to alcohol, as we know many Catholic, or rather many Democratic politicians support legalization, would the church consider using this drug a sin? No, no. Nothing is a sin unless it's used to excess. Um, if it, it impairs um, our thinking, our vision, our judgment, uh, our functioning, yes, it's a sin. 
So we don't do anything to excess. Now, I've not uh, studied marijuana. I, I don't know if uh, the reason why the drug is used as a medication, I know that it is and has been. I don't know in what sense that is, but um, uh, I say that if it's used in a helpful way, yes. But to get high, to impair sight or judgment or vision or functioning, that would be a sin. Um, so uh, many things, um, just like money is not a sin, but the love of money is. So if we use marijuana to get high, um, again, even alcohol, the same thing. If we get high with alcohol, it's a sin. We're drinking to excess. We've lost our ability to think clearly and to reason, that becomes sinful. Um, let me see now. Um, dear Mother Miriam, this is an email from Mary. She says, just hearing your voice is so calming. Oh, I am so glad for that. Number one, she says, <clears throat> what's the best way for someone to deal with what is happening in our country since Biden stole office? I have anxiety and depression, and what's happening in our world and the church is so troubling that I do not have any peace. I pray a regimen of prayers, including the rosary, etc. Mary, dear one, I am just now... Um, starting on our next newsletter. Our last newsletter was at Christmas. And then, um, blessed be God for Bishop Gerald Vinke of the Diocese of Salina, we've moved to Beloit. We're here kind of camping out, so to speak. We need, still need to go back to Tulsa and move all our furniture. Our new house is right now uh, being painted. We were there early this morning. And um, everything, the work is being done. We'll go back to Tulsa, move our furniture there, and get settled pretty soon. But um, I'm just beginning now to put together a newsletter. And the reason I tell you that is because it's going to deal with everything that's happening today and how we should live, how we as Catholics should and can live in the midst of this perverse and evil generation. And so I tell you right now, if you're not on our mailing list, you are welcome to do that. Go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, and just click on newsletters if you're not on it. And right on the top uh, is a way to subscribe by email and or regular mail. If you subscribe by regular mail, we usually have some kind of um, product in there, a CD or a DVD or a book or a holy card or something. So if you subscribe only by email, you won't receive those things unless you specifically ask for them. But uh, it won't matter to us either way, uh, mail or email, um, motherofisraelshope.org. You can sign up. There's plenty of time. We haven't yet, I haven't yet finished the newsletter. I've just begun. And um, about a quarter way through, so just begun, and I'll tell you about Beloit as well, but the, the main um, heart of the newsletter will be how do Catholics live in this world, what are we to believe, and so you're welcome uh, to get that. Um, the best way, dear Mary, uh, to deal with what's happening in our country is to know that we are Catholic by God's 
great love and choice. He has chosen us in his son before the foundation of the world. Um, And we have everything pertaining to grace and godliness. We have everything we need to grow in love and in holiness. Read Ephesians, read the book of Colossians, read First and Second Peter. We have all things pertaining to life and godliness. And what we need to do is shine as lights in the darkness. That's where there's no, St. Francis de Sales says, where there is no love, put love and there will be love. I would extend that. Where there is no truth, put truth, and there will be truth. How do we put truth in there? We live as if our faith is true. We don't let the world discourage us because we know discouragement is never of God. It's always from the devil, and we don't want to give him any credit or give in to that. So live as children of God, as children of the King of Kings. We have every single thing we need this side of heaven, frequent the sacraments, frequent confession and ask God to use you as his vessel in this dark world. I think it's an enormously privileged time to be living because we have what the entire world needs and that is the truth of salvation alone in Christ. Uh, Second question from Mary. She says, I've been married for 35 years. We are nearing the end of raising eight children. Well, You're never at the end. Your parents forever. Um, We are nearing the end of raising eight children. I put my heart and soul into homeschooling for many years. Good for you. And then our children went to public high school. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. Not good. During this time, my husband became morbidly obese. He developed numerous health issues. This created more and more distance between us to the point of celibacy. I became resentful of how he had let himself go where intimacy was impossible. On the home front, he handles certain things, but he is often emotionally checked out. He says he wants a relationship, but his actions do not show it. I planned our life for all these years, and I had finally had enough. I told him it was his turn to plan dates, etc., or something. It's like he is incapable of any ideas. If it weren't for me, we would not have family gatherings because he does not think of things to do. Needless to say, I'm beyond frustrated. And worse, I'm literally dying for love. Yes, we tried counseling. Nothing has changed. I would like to add that he did lose weight, especially after getting a pacemaker at age 64, but lives a sedentary lifestyle. I have a physically demanding job and still feel fine time to exercise. I feel like my life is over because we share next to nothing. I'm tired of feeling so alone. I've considered divorcing him since the last two kids are adults In three years, I feel a tug of war inside because we had many good years, but he can be abrupt, which completely turns me off. Obviously, you can tell I have no more patience left. The well is dry. I did seek a priest's advice once. This may be my cross, but I don't feel I can bear it any longer. Thanks for whatever help you can offer, Mary. Mary, dear one... 
you have one single vocation, one vocation, and that is to get your husband to heaven, to make him a saint. That is your vocation. Your vocation is not to please yourself. Um, Your vocation is not to be loved. Your vocation is to love. The only way we are loved is if we love. We love, the scriptures say, because he, God, Christ, first loved us. And that's the way we will be loved by others. We don't wait to be loved by them. We love them. And you say you have planned everything all these years. You have family, got all of that. You may have helped to create your husband's sedentary, helpless situation because you've been in control all these years. Um, Maybe his manhood and his gifts and talents would have been smothered. I don't know. But don't say you're done. Number one, you, if you were married in the church, you vowed uh, till death do you part. You have no right to divorce your husband. You have only a right to become holy and live your vocation, Mary. I have a feeling, since you say that you have no peace and you're kind of overcome with anxiety and depression about what's happening in the world... Um, you say you pray a regiment of prayers, including the rosary, but they might be that, a regiment. They might be external. Mary, it seems to me, my dearest sister, that you need a conversion of heart. I think you need to go before the Blessed Sacrament, dear one. Pray a 54-day novena to Our Lady. Look it up online, 54-day novena. It's simply a rosary novena. And pray to Our Lady to convert your heart, to make it like his heart, meek and humble of heart like our Lord, and make you an instrument of love and transformation to your husband. Expect nothing from him, but the man God will make him. If you become the wife, God will make you. Um, To your husband and to your children, the way to raise your children, the way to influence them, is to love your husband. Archbishop Chap, who once said, the greatest gift a husband can give his wife um, is, is that the way it is? Um, the greatest gift a husband, no, the other way, a greatest gift a husband can give his children is to love their mother. The greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love their father. Children learn love by what they see, by what they experience. And so if you tell your husband what to do, you lay out your expectations, now it's his turn, he should plan family, forget it. You're treating him like um, uh, he's your partner or servant or supposed to be your friend or equal in the marriage, no way. He is the man God has given you, and I think his life has been somewhat crushed. The only way, unless someone has a serious disease, for him to get as obese as he is and pretty much give up on life is because he has been, his life has been crushed out of him. He needs help, and I think, dear Mary, you need help 
in living a life of love that does not criticize, that does not demand, but that respects him and loves him and raises him to heights to the man that he can be. And I think it would be a good idea for you to get, dear Mary, a good spiritual director um, who can help you to truly be a woman of God. And I think if you take that on, uh, I don't think it's your cross the way that priest said. I think if you are transformed, your husband will be transformed. If you feel you cannot bear it any longer, it's because you're putting your hope in circumstances and not in God. You need a total transformation. And I promise you, your husband will have a conversion. Bless you, dear Mary. And um, everyone else will be right back after the break. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McClain, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our 
last segment uh, for this morning. So feel free. Our lines are wide open. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have um, an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and asks, what would you say to someone who struggles with homosexual thoughts if that person had felt that way as long as they remember, can homosexuality be fixed or better yet? Better yet, does it need to be? Um, oh, dear one, um, I would um, uh, go to, let me just see, Philippians chapter 4. I want one passage here. Um, hang, hang on. Um, Okay, Philippians 4. Let me just read you a couple of verses because I think this would be good for you to memorize as truth. Um, If we focus on our tendencies, our emotions, our fleshly desires, um, they could be for uh, people of the same sex. They could be for other... um, Um, disordered thoughts but the scriptures say this in in Ephesians chapter 4 hold on now Uh, rejoice I know this is the opposite of what you're asking right now rejoice chapter 4 Philippians rejoice in the Lord always I say again I will say rejoice Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Why do you rejoice? You don't rejoice in your feelings. You don't rejoice in your circumstances. You don't rejoice in your weaknesses. But you rejoice in God because all things are possible with him. Um, Do not worry about anything. That's important. Do not worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what I think you should memorize. Verse 8. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any, excuse me, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. So um, let me go back. To your question, excuse me, I've got hiccups now and I don't have sugar with me, oh dear. Someone who struggles with homosexual thoughts, uh, even if you felt that way as long as you could remember, you know, um, the first thing to say is, I am not homosexual. I am not homosexual. God has made me to be a man or a woman. I'm not sure. Uh, you said homosexual, so I'm, I'm guessing a man. God has made me to be a man. He would not have me struggle with desires for other men because that is a very, very grave sin. And homosexuals, that is people who practice homosexualities, will never be in heaven unless they convert and reform and repent. So 
the, look at the reality. If you feel that you're a murderer, what if uh, I knew someone with a tendency to murder people, but it's it's disordered thinking, and so um, it, uh, she could say to herself, "God has not made me to murder people." There's some th- uh, distorted thinking in me that triggers that. So I would say, my dear brother, I'm not a, an expert on this by any means, but I know that um, for 10 years that I was a jail chaplain for women, I had many women come who either lived a lesbian lifestyle or who were attracted uh, to other women. Uh, maybe they weren't when they came into the jail, but they were in a few months. They found themselves that way, and they said, I, I can't help it, I'm a lesbian. And I'd say, that's not true. God has made you a woman. Um, uh, but he has made you, he has made all of us to love and be loved. That is what you long for. You long to love, and you long to be loved. And because you may not have gotten love in the, in the, the proper way, in a pure way, in the way that you craved it, then you seek love in illegitimate ways. But, or you imagine love in illegitimate ways. There's, there's some, maybe there's a fear there, there's a distortion there, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, it could have been part of your upbringing, I have no idea. But there is, it's good to get a counselor and go back and just review those things and see what might have um, made you feel safer with the male sex than the female sex, even if you haven't acted that out. There's a feeling of safety there, and maybe there's a distrust in you. I don't know. But I would say, can homosexuality be fixed? Absolutely. God did not create you that way. Um, I believe you, and it's a distortion, but... Uh, we grow up with many distortions, many of us, uh, whether they're homosexual or not. Um, we need help to get on the right track. So I would say um, you should not live all your life struggling this way. You should not. I think you should. Um, uh, the, I just looked up on the on the uh, Internet while we're talking um, how to overcome homosexual tendencies or thoughts. There are many wonderful videos, many wonderful uh, groups, articles, all of that to assist you, dear one. So um, don't settle for anything. Don't settle for the way you are. Don't think that you are distorted. You are not. It's the fruit of, of your emotions. It's the fruit of either, again, fears or tendencies or thoughts that were, uh, I don't know what. I I won't, I can't go that far. I don't know how you were raised. Um, But I would say that there are needs and fears in you that I think would be well, um, you would do well, dear one, to, to be able to discuss them. And with a with a good counselor, or again, get good books on the internet. Um, uh, uh, maybe see a good counselor and let them help you be strong, so that you could have healthy relationships and not be plagued with tendencies that um, God would not have you live with. 
God has not made you homosexual. God has not given you those tendencies. It is original sin and the distortion of this that uh, makes us feel that way. I want you to know that your thoughts, your feelings, your tendencies are not sin. They are not sin. If you live them out, then they are sin and grave sin. But having those thoughts does not make you a sinful person. It is a person that needs um, some uh, help to be healthy, um, to be free of these things. Uh, And you're not alone. You're with millions of people who have these tendencies and other tendencies. Some people can't be with people at all. They want to shut the whole world out. They don't want to be with anyone. Uh, These are distortions, and there's healing for them, dear one. So you're not sick. Um, Homosexuality can be fixed, but that's the wrong word. You can be a healthy male and, um, and marry a very healthy woman. So God bless you. Um, I'm sorry I'm not more help than that, but there's tons of help on the web. Look up Courage um, Catholic Help for those who have these tendencies. God bless you, everyone, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.